This is Let's Make Waves podcast. I'm your host, Rana Al-Basri Marwad, and I believe that we're all here to make waves. I created this podcast to help you build your brand by sharing with you tools, resources, and strategies to gain professional authority for better business opportunities. If you want to get unstuck, you've come to the right place. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome once again to another week and another episode of Let's Make Waves podcast. As always, I'm really happy to have you here with me today. Now, if you've been following my journey for a while, you'd know that before embarking on this journey that I'm in uh, as a consultant, I had a corporate career that spanned 15 years um, in this an amazing global organizations. I had the um, uh, privilege and the chance to work and be responsible for regions such as Middle East and Africa. Now, needless to say, being part of that world has impacted uh, impacted me greatly, not only on my career path at the time, but also on the type of professional that I am today. Just like any job, I'm not going to lie, there has been ups and downs. But I have to say that the ups and the lessons that I've learned along the way, or especially from my mentors, um, they've impacted me positively on my journey in creating a business of my own. So I wanted to come to you today. Um, I chose 15 lessons that I learned during my 15 years at corporate that impacted my business and definitely impacted my style of work today. I'm really, really happy to share this. Uh, You know, it's the first time a personal professional piece of my life with all of you. And these lessons are evergreen and they're so powerful to me at least. And I really hope that some of them will give you guidance or help you to see a different perspective of doing work within your business. Now, there's a lot of things that happen in the corporate environment and not all of them at the time can be taken and seen that it could be translated into other kinds of business environments. But over the years, um, just, you know, as my uh, career matured and uh, pivoted, so was these lessons, they kind of morphed and changed. And there were bits and pieces of it that actually were uh, pivotal and being translated into what I'm doing today. So again, I do hope that these um, lessons that I'm about to share with you will help you to see a different perspective and will help you see kind of another creative way of doing things within your business, or at least will impact you in the way that you look at your business and how you can go about your plans. Okay, so the first one is about information. Um, As you know, in a large organization, they usually have budgets that are allocated to research. And Research takes um, a very important role in a corporate environment, be it through focus group, research organizations, um, even uh, the IT IT department, which is in charge of collecting data from digital assets that the company has. So the reason why research is so important is because even for large established organizations, they understand that the core of their business is rotating around the customer or the prospects. So by understanding their purchase behavior, by understanding their their behavior in terms of connecting with the company, 
um, you know, everything to do with that relationship between the customer and the organization is something that is very important and very relevant in the corporate world because it is through the, this information and through the, the data that uh, certain insights are being t uh, taken. And by analyzing those insights, plans can be created and a more focused approach can be uh, can be done. So I understand that us as uh, consultants or small business owners, we don't have the same bandwidth in terms of budget when it comes to working with third party companies, research companies, of course. But what we have is we have direct access to our own assets. You know, it could be our website, um, our blog, our email marketing, uh, even our social media assets. By being getting and being comfortable with going to the back end and looking at the numbers and looking at the data at the data and also uh, assessing all of the different touch points that we connect with our customers or our, or our customers connects with us directly on DMs, on emails, or even in person if we have a brick and mortar uh, kind of business. Um, by taking all of that information in and making sure that we do collect data at different touch points. What happens is that it will empower us to understand our customers more. And by understanding them, we become more aware of their behavior and more aware of where, uh, you know, what is attractive to them, what is repelling them and what do they need. And therefore it makes our planning um, from product creation to marketing, to publicity, to communication, to content, to everything, it makes it much more focused and it gives us, um, you know, the, um, uh, an extra mile for every dollar that we spend or even our time and efforts. So, um, once we get, um, comfortable with data and with uh, embracing information, I believe that it kind of helps us to, um, elevate our approach when it comes to uh, our planning. So that that's one of the lessons that I definitely took from my corporate uh, time. The second one is all about collaboration. Now, in a corporate environment, there's there are a lot of departments, as you know. However, uh, not all departments have the same budget budgets or even size of teams. Uh, you know, each department, depending on what it's about and uh, what is its um, work type, you know, to the overall target or to the overall company goal, there, there are, or there are departments that are, you know, usually large and with high budgets. And there are departments that are much smaller, smaller teams, smaller budgets and all of that. So you kind of learn in that environment, the importance and the, um, uh, the, power, if I can use that word, <laughs> sorry, I kind of lost my, uh, my uh, flow of thought. Yes, the power of being resourceful. So um, you kind of have interdepartmental collaborations. Uh, this gives you the strength to kind of uh, work with a larger team. Maybe uh, certain resources are shared. So if you don't have the budgets uh, to uh, build something just by sharing certain responsibilities with other departments, that interdepartmental resourcing or collaboration, that kind of gives you the access to a bigger team or to shared resources. So 
it basically helps you to get the job done. Um, collaborations uh, is also easily translated into a small business by uh, finding and searching for supporting uh, uh, companies, uh, complementary services, uh, even with uh, certain vendors or suppliers, um, uh, even peers in certain instances, uh, by, you know, really putting collaboration at uh, a priority list, it gives us access to be in front of an audience that we don't have access to. It gives us access to um, uh, collaborate with partners uh, to tackle a certain project that usually is too big for us alone as consultants, for example, to tackle it on our own. So collaboration gives that kind of bandwidth whether it is a uh, monetary or whether it is um, in terms of uh, efforts it gives us that bandwidth to take on projects and to um, be position ourselves in a in a much better light when it comes to uh, working on our business so that's a huge lesson definitely the third one is about always having a plan b now, um, in a large in, uh, environment or in large organizations, uh, decision making is a you know it's a constant thing. You always have to take in all of the information, uh, see where exactly you are, and uh, as a as an executive, you have to be comfortable in taking decisions. And I strongly believe that you know. You know, making making a decision is better than no decision. Of course, we have to keep in mind that our decisions are you know well calculated. There are risks and everything, but it's a calculated risk. So um, no matter how much uh, we have access to information to kind of help us take the best decisions ever, there are always risks involved. There's always risks that this decision that we took, there are some blind uh, blind spots that we were not aware of and, you know, things can go south. So um, being into the habit of always having a plan B or a contingency plan, especially when it comes to things like reputation management, is key. So um, uh, having the um, habit of creating contingency plans when we're taking major decisions uh, in our business or, for example, uh, taking decisions when it comes to really large projects, always having a contingency plan uh, gives us that comfort and peace of mind knowing that if anything happens, we would know what to do next, you know, or our small teams would know what to do next. We are able to um, uh, pivot when things are not going our way, just like as, a, as planned. Um, so that would be another big lesson, definitely for me. Number four would be not to neglect publicity. Now, as you know, even with very established brands, even with very established and large organizations, uh, the PR department, the communication department, um, is a department that has its weight and has budgets to um, create plans and activations that keeps the publicity efforts of that company consistent in media, um, you know, in podcasts, um, newspapers, radios, magazines, social and all of that good stuff. So this just shows the importance of PR and publicity and media relations to the um, uh, positioning and the overall image building of the organization. Um, so many small business owners find uh, put PR 
in the back burner, you know, we're, we're either, you know, um, very small or it's a one man show or we have a very small team. So PR doesn't take a prominent uh, position in our planning or in our to do list. However, I've learned that uh, publicity is something that we can we can never, you know, um, put aside or we shouldn't put aside. Um, we have to always make some time to create relations and to create uh, uh, connections with media or with even uh, socially with influencers because that is how we uh, that is also part of how we build our image our reputation our um, influence uh, thought leadership um, and of course our connection to our prospects and our audience uh, at the same time so um, uh, I think the biggest learning is regardless how big, how small you are, regardless how established your brand is or how well-known your product or service is, um, publicity is not something that uh, should be taken for granted. So there's the lesson there. Okay, so we've hit number five, and that is when you, you know, you present yourself, uh, this is a learning definitely, is that when you represent yourself, you represent the brand as well. And what I mean by that is we, uh, you know, in large organization, especially on a senior level, um, uh, senior executives are usually, uh, they have their own personal brand, especially within, you know, the industry. Um, but they also represent the overall company brand. So whether it is online and offline, that kind of represent representation stand, um, you know, when employees of large companies attend seminars, uh, networking events, uh, conferences, they uh, are well-trained and very much aware that they not only represent themselves as, you know, uh, professionals in that conference, but they also represent the company. So being uh, aware of that puts you um, in a in a position where you know that there's a lot at stake when it comes to reputation management. On a smaller scale, as a small business owner, that um, that cloud of brand and the cloud of the personal brand kind of overlap. You are the company's brand and the company is very much your personal brand. Uh, and that is true, especially at the early stages of, you know, creating your own business. You know, people work with you, not just because of the uh, business that you have created, but it's also because of you as the person behind that business or heading this business. So, um, being very much aware of the importance of always uh, keeping yourself in the positive light and well representing yourself and bu building your personal brand because that will impact the business brand. Keeping that in mind is uh, is definitely a learning and um, it has served me well over the years. I have to say this was this was something that impacted positively on my personal experience and when I'm you know as I'm creating my. Uh, consultancy. Okay, so now it's um, lesson number six, and that is about decision making. Um, there are so many times that things happen, uh, things that are sometimes unplanned and unexpected. And we, uh, 
as executives in in, a, in an organization, we sometimes need to take decisions because it's the right decision for the short term short term goals. But when we take that decision for the short term goals, it should not be an opposite or a conflict with the uh, go, our long term goals for our brand or for the department that we represent. And this is especially true for uh, or a very big learning for small business owners. Sometimes we have certain challenges in our business. So we take certain decisions in our business that are very short sighted. And um, I'm saying that with, you know, with a lot of grace, because I know that we as small business owners, there's a lot of pressure when it comes to um, uh, profits and losses and, <laughs> and all of that, the financial health of our, of our small business. So sometimes we we feel like we need to take certain decisions just to keep uh, keep us afloat. Um, however, what I've learned is that no matter what the challenges are, we have to always be very mindful that yes, we need to pivot and sometimes we need to take hard decisions, but we cannot uh, ignore that these small decisions that we take for short-term goals will impact at one point our long-term goals. So just be being mindful that short-term decisions have to somehow pour into or be work, be positioning ourselves into the overall uh, long-term uh, goals, uh, we have to be really mindful of, of, uh, of that, even though there are a lot of uh, pressures that could go around, uh, you know, when we're building our own business. Learning number seven is that always invest in yourself. Now, you know, in large organizations, they have a lot of training sessions and conferences and, um, you know, a lot of programs that they invest in their employees, depending on departments, of course, uh, just to keep them up to date with what is out there in the industry, in the market, in the region that they're in. Um, and uh, these kind of trainings, some of them are very much related to the company or the particular products or service of that company. But there are also a lot of, a lot of training that kind of uh, pours into um, leadership and growth and uh, management and all of that good stuff. As um, small business owners, we don't have the same budgets for um, uh, training courses, sure, but there's just so much uh, information out there and there's so many uh, free courses out there that I think that it is important to always uh, put, set some time uh, aside for us to take personal growth and business uh, and, you know, like uh, a personal growth that impacts our business seriously. So um, uh, setting uh, goals into our personal growth is important. It has to be done intentionally and also a proper research on what are the resources out there that we can invest in, in terms of paying for it or free resources that we can take, uh, free workshops, free masterclasses, even free digital courses that are out there that gives us access to mentors, to professionals, to tutors that can help us elevate our knowledge and gives us access to information that we might need if it's not current, definitely in the future, that would impact positively on our business. So um, uh, definitely having uh, a personal growth on the list is, is a huge priority and definitely a very big lesson for myself. 
Number eight would be about uh, onboarding processes. Um, in large organizations, when somebody new comes in, there's usually very solid onboarding processes. So it's a process where this new employee is uh, getting trained to get on board and being part of an over, you know, a larger team within the department. And that kind of onboarding is not only um, about technical things like how to use certain uh, uh, you know, uh, platforms or internets that are very specific and private to the company, but it's also an onboarding in terms of um, uh, department uh, information, in terms of overall company information, uh, processes that happens for uh, to empower this employee to once they're you know 100% on board it becomes uh, easier for them to start working and shining and showcasing their expertise in the role that they were hired for so um, we as small business owners might not have large teams however every single person that comes in and because time is of an essence to a small business owner you know we wear a lot of hats so we need to be really mindful of our time creating onboarding processes is just makes our life easier it's time that is invested uh, for the short term that kind of has a lot of return on investment in the long term so that's that's in terms of hiring or growing a team but it's also uh, it's it is also a tool that can be used when we are um, working with um, a vendor or an agency or a supplier having a day where we use it as an introduction or an onboarding session with with very much uh, built confidence and also trust into the relationship uh, between us and that vendor um, so it works both ways internally and externally number nine would be we're never too big to stop trying to understand our customer uh, yes, uh, this is um, somehow based also on data, but also it is about the mindset. So regardless as a, you know, as a corporate um, uh, executive, uh, no matter how established the brand is, no matter how popular the brand is or the market share that we had as an organization, we always had that mindset that the customer uh, is is the uh, the center of of it all, and we are never too big as an organization to always try to understand our customer, to understand their behavior, and to be open to changing our internal um, behavior so that we are in sync with our customer. So, you know, if um, if the behavior has changed into more because of, you know, the, the digital world, then we as a company for our own survival, we have to also do certain changes and certain pivots. Now, this is especially true when you become a small business owner, because um, it is um, very crucial that the two-way communication with the customer is always there so that we are always in sync with their behaviors and with their uh, pain points and with their requirements and aspirations as well. So we have to always keep an open mind no matter how much we are very convinced and very proud of our service or product. Uh, at the end of the day, the the uh, behavior of the customer proves uh, whether our product or our service is up to level or up to their 
uh, interest. So uh, the mindset of being, uh, you know, always having that entrepreneurial mindset of, of putting the customer at the center of it all is really, really crucial. Lesson number 10 is about, you know, uh, the network of the company. Now, um, as I said, in the um, large environment, there are a lot of events and a lot of activities that different departments take in, uh, such as networking events. And the reason why things like that happen, you know, uh, big companies participate in networking events, it's um, first of all for publicity reasons, but also it is for networking reasons. So networking plays um, a very important role. It adds value to the company. So if we translate that to um, a consultant or a small business owner, you are as, uh, you know, your reputation is as powerful as your network. So um, uh, there are so many uh, business owners who are very well known within their industry and who have a very strong network. And that puts them in a position where they are uh, up to date with what the industry is all about, but also their network helps them to expand their business and expand their reach, be, the, be it if it's a business B2B or even B2C. So um, uh, putting weight on having um, a good network uh, as a small business owner or as an entrepreneur, it's something that has of a very big value to your personal brand, but that value will be translated into business uh, for, your, for your actual uh, company. So that kind of value is going to be translated, hopefully, to sales. Learning number 11 is that not everything deserves a meeting. And I think this is more about time management because um, there are certain uh, uh, parts of, you know, especially when you're starting a new project or you have a certain activation that you're planning to do. This is when uh, meetings and um, being having FaceTime with the team or the vendor, the supplier or the partners is crucial because that's when plans are being set and uh, targets and also distribution of responsibility. But then from then on, there has to be certain channels of communication where it kind of pushes into productivity versus just, uh, you know, um, time wasters. So we have to recognize when is it, when are the, what are the things in our business that require our one-on-one -on -one presence and what are the parts of projects and parts of our business where uh, using technology such as productivity tools or, um, you know, Zoom and <laughs> and all of those, you know, kind of Teams, Google Teams or all of that, it's actually much better. Um, it, uh, it kind of uh, puts us in a position where we are aware uh, of the importance of our time and we kind of manage it well. And we also maximize uh, productivity every hour of that working day. Lesson number 12 is that before you send an email, pick up the phone. Now, I've learned this, especially during the time of conflict, when there is a uh, something that is kind of coming to surface that could be um, uh, something that could cause a certain conflict, with it, be it internally within the organization or between the company and a vendor or a supplier, 
it is always important to uh, be mindful of that relationship and looking at it from um, a partnership point of view. That doesn't mean that if a relationship is not working, we shouldn't end it. Not at all. But in the early stages of, you know, when you see a conflict coming up, picking up that phone and being open in terms of the communication uh, just makes things uh, clearer. And of course, in, uh, um, it puts the human ele element into it. By doing that, we are not only showing empathy, but we're also showing leadership as a business owner, because we recognize that there are other factors that could uh, cause a delay or cause a problem or maybe lack of work that could have factored into this issue that is, you know, uh, that is creating this conflict. So when we, um, when we start, when we see, you know, a conflict coming to surface and we start by uh, putting an effort into having a human connection, there is more times than, uh, than uh, none that actually the conflict is being resolved and things are back to normal again. It is uh, by, you know, uh, trying to translate uh, what you're getting your point across into into an email or into uh, a quick message. Sometimes, um, uh, you know, information is lost in translation and uh, people receive uh, information in different ways. So because we don't have the human ele element in, in emails, sometimes people read things with different tonalities than what it was intended by the, by the sender. So this is more of leadership skills and management skills, but it proves very, very, very um, positive when we use it uh, as small business owners be because we kind of contain something that could go out of control. We contain it at the early stages and we just, you know, move forward from there. Um, lesson number 13 would be that um, your department is ready to grow when your systems are in place. So lesson number 13 is more about systems. And uh, you know, when you're in a large organization um, and as business is going really well, sometimes as a head of a department, you need to grow your department because you know that the kind and the uh, weight of the work needs more overheads or more budgets, more investment, etc. So for us to know that this growth has come not only strategically, but also it makes sense and things will not uh, fall out. Uh, you know, the balls will not be dropped because, you know, sometimes departments grow really fast and actually that is uh, problematic at a later stage. So for a very good organic solid growth, you know that the, the department is ready to grow the team when there's a proper system in place. So if there is any new people that's joining the, the department, they kind of easily uh, integrate into the system and they their place is very clear and things just keep smoothly moving forward. Forward. This is a lesson that works very well as a small business owner because we uh, sometimes reach a place where we have more projects than we can handle, let's say, especially if you're a consultant or if you're a coach. So you reach to a point where you know that you, you, start, you need to start growing your team. However, 
if you grow too fast or if you grow without being organized or without having a system in place, what happens is that new people who come on board are not always aware of the size or the magnitude of their responsibility. So it either becomes chaotic or, um, you know, the, somebody's going to drop the ball at one point. When you have a system in place, it becomes much easier to identify where exactly do you need to grow in your business? What is the kind of size of responsibility for that growth? And then it becomes easier to find the talent to fit in into that role and to be the perfect fit to handle the kind of responsibility that is uh, there that you know that you need support in. So systems, especially at scale, is really, really, really important. Lesson number 14 is hire your weakness. And I've learned that because um, we're all humans and sometimes the ego comes to play. So in a large organization environment, there are there have been lessons where you see a department heads hiring people and then they keep micromanaging them because it not only gives them the satisfaction, but also makes them feel that there is no uh, threat on their position, on their responsibility. They always... Um, feel that they are needed to keep that department afloat. What happens is that other than it leads to burnout to the department head, we all know that, but what happens is that you start having a lot of uh, team members which, who are just duplicating work and um, uh, the department becomes very much dependent on the leader or the head of the department. So it's kind of dependent on one person. Um, if you translate that lesson into a small business, uh, it's exactly the same. The business owner, when they're growing the team, if they don't think of what exactly is their weakness, so they look at new talents and new hires as complementary to them, uh, what happens is that the business will never scale at the rate or the size that, that the business owner would dream of simply because it is a one-man show no matter how big or small their team is. At the end of the day, that business depends on one person who's the business owner. But when we see things from um, a business angle, we take our ego out of it and we look at it in a collaborative form. We start looking where, to what our weaknesses are and we tap into our zone of genius by focusing on it. And that happens only when we hire our weakness. Now here, it's a there is a caveat. Now, I might not really like finance much, so I definitely want to hire an accountant, sure. But that doesn't mean as a, as a business owner, I should not be aware of what kind of uh, level my, my business needs in terms of finance or what are the requirements for my business uh, when it comes to finance and budgeting. I should be aware of it as a business owner. But since it is not my zone of genius, I am also aware that if I hire my weakness by getting an accountant, that is, I will have more time to do 
what actually impacts my business, which is being the face of the business, creating the product or services for that business and selling it and growing from there. So there is there is that kind of um, leadership balance that we need to do where we, it is, uh, you know, the ego is set aside and we look at it from efficiencies and from um, strengths and weaknesses thing. Number 15, the last learning is that a leader gives creative freedom and works within a team. So, um, this I've learned as I grew in my corporate ladder and the bigger the team um, that reported to me uh, grew, the more I understood the importance of my role as a team leader to give that creative freedom for my team members to find their way of finding solutions and not just my way of getting things done. And by giving them the that creative freedom, I don't only empower them, but I actually learned that there are better ways to get things done and there are more efficient ways to get things done than my way. Yes, I was a senior person. I was, uh, you know, heading the team, but that doesn't mean that the talents that I had on the team were not capable to find better ways to get things done than the way that I know how to get things done, especially when it comes to their specific roles or specific responsibilities. And having that kind of environment, that kind of culture within a small department or within the team, it builds up accountability. It builds up great team uh, uh, you know, effort. And it also uh, builds up um, confidence within the team members to know that every single person's role and every single person's job is part of the success of that department or definitely as a business owner is part of the success of that small business because their work does count and they do add to the overall bottom line. So, um, this is an amazing lesson in terms of uh, understanding how to manage people, understanding how to set expectations, but also understanding how to give them the right freedom to uh, reach goals and to create systems that actually could benefit the business um, tremendously. So that was that was a very, very positive learning that I uh, that I experienced. And I know that I've said 15, but I something came up and I, I'm going to give you a bonus learning. And that is um, when something goes wrong, you're responsible as a leader. But when something goes right, the, re, the team takes the credit. And this, this, uh, this bonus uh, learning just came as we, you know, finished uh, learning number 15. Um, I say this because the um, when you're heading an organization, um, People look up to you and they also need to feel safe in that in the in that environment. So when you as a business owner, when you uh, create a culture where you take ownership when things go wrong, 
uh, especially, and I, I'm, I'm saying uh, when things go wrong, and that means when things are out of control or when things uh, were not uh, calculated well or, you know, not, not a very clear uh, mistake that a, per a particular team member did where, you know, uh, this, this becomes the core of their, uh, of their work. No, but I'm just looking at it from an overall thing. Like if everybody's working, everybody did the job right, everything went as planned, but somehow targets were not met, you know, or certain things and the goals were not reached. That happens. Um, it's very important for the leaders to say, okay, we've all done the job right. We've all done it well. We've all put uh, the right effort into it, but somehow we did not meet the goal. I take responsibility of that as a team leader. Let's start dissecting this uh, activation and understanding where was the weaker link and let's learn from that and let's rectify it and try again. That kind of gives the, um, uh, creates a culture where people are not afraid to speak up and also not afraid to uh, take decisions and to look at the, um, at the success uh, of them, uh, the success of the project for them as an individual success, but also as a company success. Um, and when there is, when, you know, goals are met and targets are reached and uh, there is reason to celebrate, credit has to be given. And as a team leader, as a business owner, we have to give credit to our team because that is the biggest um, token of motivation when people feel recognized when people feel that they have been you know they they were under the spotlight um, of uh, uh, you know of consideration that puts them in a in a place where they feel like they are uh, part of this uh, small business they are making a difference and it will encourage them and give them that positive effect knowing that they are doing what they love and their their work is showing and it is giving positive impact so this is also this comes down it kind of boils down into leadership and as small business owners we have small teams so leadership is very key to our to the success of our business so um, that's another learning that I wanted to share with you today so um, I hope that um, these uh, 15 different uh, lessons that have impacted me, um, I hope that you found some benefit from, uh, from listening to them. Uh, there's just so much more I could think about as I, as I record this episode for you today. But I believe that these 15, 16 with the bonus, these uh, 16 learnings, they were the most that taught me lessons that kind of very much translated and helped me in what I'm doing today. Um, creating the culture, creating the ethics, create understanding um, what works and what not in, uh, in a smaller environment within my business. And most importantly, being in that mindset of knowing that no matter how you know, uh, how great we're doing. The center of all of this is the, um, the team that we're building and the clients that we are serving. And with that, we come to the end of today's episode. Thank you once again for having the time to be with me today. I want to, um, I want to invite you to please feel free to connect with me if you have any feedback or if you would like to discuss any point. Um, I really hope that you've subscribed to my podcast. I would be honored if you could give me a review. 
And if you think that my podcast can be uh, is interesting or helpful to someone else, please feel free to share it. I can't wait to touch base with you this time next next week. So till then, have a great week and take care.